begins with this gate drop. Hello, everyone. Welcome once again to the Power to the Ground podcast, your home for everything motocross, supercross, and dirt bike related. I am Steve, joined as always by Jesse. What's up, Jesse? If you guys are listening to this, it means we didn't have equipment problems. Hey, hey. (laughs) wherever you happen to be listening to this podcast, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can be notified every time we upload a new show. Also, go visit our website, www.powerthenumber2theground.com. You can check out for merch, exclusive web content, join our ever-growing jug club for uh, giveaways and exclusive content, all that stuff. Share this with your friends. Be a juggy. Thank you, Doug, coming up with the name for for our juggies. Yep. And also, uh, Sean, our newest juggy. Juggy Jug Club. Juggy Jug Club. We've got a lot to get to today, man. Yeah. Uh, so first of all, uh, for anybody who kind of slogged through the uh, what we ended up able to upload last <laughs> week, thank you, and we apologize. Uh, that was that was a little brutal, but we are back again. If you're listening to this, everything went pretty smooth today. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's things like that that we just that's why we we need your help. Um, and just listening really at this point is. I appreciate that. Yeah. Know, I mean, we found out Sean has been listening to every single episode since Washougal last night. Which made me feel really bad about what he had to listen to last week. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Sincere, <laughs> sincerely apologize for, um, for what happened last week. Races were, were really fun last night. Interesting. Uh, the 450s especially. Um, we had a lot of fun doing it because we, we streamed it live. And yeah. uh, we were joined by our juggies and you know uh, uh, some other people that just sat and watched the races with us it was cool it was almost like they were just in the room on the couch just talking about like oh man that was crazy or yeah you know, yeah it was cool and then so was, that that was a lot of fun i definitely like to do that again agreed yeah it was uh far surpassed my expectations we had uh people coming in and out but throughout the throughout the stream we had well over 300 people who were in and out throughout the um the course of the races so yeah it was a, it was a great time and um, we had our 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 juggies in there hanging out with us for pretty much the entire time. Um, we had Mark in. Mark came in for um, for a few minutes here and there throughout the races. Uh, my dad was in there talking back and forth with us. Yeah, it was it was just a good time. It was it just it, again, it was just uh, it was what you and I do when we watch the races, but with more people. Yeah, you know. So and that was kind of the whole idea. That's why we didn't do any crazy setups or, or streaming or anything like that. It's just, it was us sitting on the couch, having some apple juice yep. um, <laughs> and hanging out with some friends. So um, definitely, definitely a lot of fun. Yeah. And we'll, if, if we do that again, uh, which if I were to put my money on it at some point, we're going to do it again. Yeah, we'll, we will definitely let you guys know. I think we're going to call it couch cross couch cross. I'm, I'm not opposed to the name. I'm All right. Not, not, if you guys think of something better, let us know. Yeah. But if uh, if we decide to do some couch cross again, we'll we'll give you guys some uh, some some info where and when, and and we'll get it done. Yeah, a hundred percent. So let's talk some Daytona. Um, let's get into it. Wow, what a weird race last night. Oh my goodness. I, I think that's the best way I can kind of describe it. The races were just it's a little weird. Um, weird is the great way 
to sum the whole thing up. I think with the, uh, you know, kind of focusing on the stream and kind of, you know, hanging out, I didn't focus quite as much on the broadcast as I normally do. I will say we pointed a few things out. So last week we were, it was a little bit better because um, we had been bashing them a lot. Um, 50-50, I thought, this week. There's some good. Daniel is killing it. Yeah. Daniel gets better every week. Will is still still great. So, like, the outside of the booth guys, the track side uh, crew is phenomenal. Daniel's breakdown of how the, the two different sized bikes have to approach that track differently and how they still ended up with a similar time on a lap was just – that that blew me away. I thought that was great insight, and Ricky contributed a little bit to, as well. But that was really, that was Daniel's moment; like he yeah. killed it. And that's the second week in a row he's just given us some like incredible insight for whether you're a casual or diehard fan. Something that you may not think about or or a perspective you don't normally see. So I thought uh, Daniel was great. Ralph was fine for like seventy five percent of it last night. I thought, and Ricky had like a couple of Ricky moments. Yeah, they both had some flubs. I think. Because we were focused so much on streaming on Facebook, I agree. Uh, we spent more time, you know, interacting with people on the stream. We did catch a couple of moments. I think most of the moments that we caught, though, were successes last night. Yeah, that that was the biggest thing. Most of them, we kind of looked. I remember looking at you a couple times, like, "Wow, that wow. was that was actually really good." I will say, so the the one I had to point out because they happened literally back to back. Right, we had just spent most of the night. Uh, praising the broadcast and how well they were doing. And then Ralph, uh, during the 450 main fairly early, was like, and Cooper Webb, who's currently in third place in points, which, listen, going into yesterday, Cooper Webb was in fourth place in points. Right. So I was like, how, you know, how do you not have that right in front of you at your desk or at your in your booth or whatever? So he flubbed that and not even... 10 seconds after he did that, Ricky was like, yeah, you know, it's going to be interesting to see if Cooper can. I was like, oh, my God, you guys are doing so well, so well. Um, so and then they just kind of had that like revert to yeah, who they had been. But it was the fact that that was the one time that I noticed any of that speaks a lot to how they've just gotten better as the yeah. season's gone on. So um, I would give the broadcast a B minus for yesterday b minus yeah yeah because they it, it was like probably half a quarter of the way through the 450 main when all of a sudden i was i started hearing stuff and noticing things yeah um but a plus for daniel he's just gotten again he's just gotten better every week like yeah his his insight and i love the little segments they give him be it the starting gate or or you know breaking down the, the yeah, track he, the way they did he needs more segments yeah, I, 100%. I mean, at this point, if they brought like someone like a Reed in, having I, I would even take Reed as a trackside guy and Daniel in the booth at this point because right. he's done so well. But some some combination of that because it's just it's clear that when you give Ricky and Ralph help, uh, they are just they're better in general. Ralph yeah. becomes the facilitator and he doesn't have to cover as much because when you ask him to do more, he does way less. Right. So yeah, it's um. I know I'm not supposed to equate a Supercross broadcast to an NFL broadcast. Yeah, God forbid we do that. <laughs> but, you know, to me, in an NFL broadcast, you've got all of these former pros who come in and give some insights from the sideline about what each team is doing at any given point in the circumstance. 
that's not alienating a casual fan. That's educating a casual fan. Right. Yeah, I, I, I know we're not responding specifically to one piece of criticism <laughs> that we may have, may or may not have gotten. Look, we love Ricky Carmichael. We said it. I think we meant we ended up mentioning that last yeah. week, right? Uh, on the on the shortened broadcast, uh, shortened podcast. He is the goat uh, of racing, not of, of broadcasting, racing. right? And and look, uh, guys like Tony Romo are getting you know eviscerated in the booth. Tony Romo actually is a pretty good. Uh, yeah, analyst. I think so. I think Tony Romo is a better analyst than he is a quarterback. Uh, right. <laughs> right. So there's a reason he's getting paid more than anybody else in broadcasting to do that. So um, not going to beat that dead horse. Uh, overall, the broadcast has significantly improved over the course of the season. Yeah. Uh, there's still some things they've just they just really need to ramp up their. It's just prep. Yeah. It's and uh, bring up the NFL again. If you talk to anyone, especially Tony Romo, Tony Romo watches more film now than he probably did when he was playing for Dallas. Yep. Like he, he, the, the best broadcasters spend all week prepping for that broadcast. So they have things to talk about. They have, uh, whenever, whenever the, the race gets stagnant, they should have something to fall back on. And the only way you can do that is if you put the time in to prep for it. And it, they are getting better, and I know we we talked about how they're like they're doing the 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 broadcast prep videos just to kind of prove that they are. Yeah, and I'm yeah. putting air quotes up that they are prepping <laughs> for it. But there's a lot more to it than just spending you know an hour or two uh, prepping for something that's going to take three hours. There's, right. a, there's a lot of prep involved. So um, that's pretty much it for the broadcast. Again, we spent more time hanging out with, with yep. our new friends last night. Uh, let's talk about the track a little bit. This was. A weird Daytona track. This was, um, we talked all leading up to this and last week and then a few times before that that I mentioned it, that Daytona is just speed, 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 speed. Yeah. And it was absolutely a fast track last night, right? Like there were, there were parts where they were just able to rip. Uh, it was sneaky technical last night. Like... There was just like parts that where you're just like, wow, that is a really like technical, like how are they uh, going to kind of navigate that? And um, I thought that played a big part in kind of some of the weird stuff <laughs> that we ended up <laughs> seeing yesterday. Uh, now, look, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I gave you credit last week. Uh, you called it. You said that Roxon had to win last week. Otherwise... Um, Eli was probably going to run away with it, and Roxton went out, and he dropped the hammer, and he did just that. I'm taking the credit this week. Do not bet against Eli at Daytona. I don't care how sneaky technical the track is. You don't bet against Eli at Daytona. Um, and it's because the track just plays into his style so much. But it was weird. We saw him struggling. We'll get to this in the 450s, I know. But we saw him struggling a little bit at first and in the heats too because it was sneaky technical. So yeah. Uh, while normally Daytona plays into the hands of guys like Eli, um, I thought that the technical stuff even the playing field a little bit for some of the other guys, like the Roxons of the world. Yeah. Yeah, and who else? I mean, Sexton had a solid night, so that would follow suit with what that, that breakdown right there because Sexton is just the 250 version of Roxon yeah. and he finished in second and so did Roxon. So did Roxon, yeah. So, so the technical stuff, I thought, the sneaky technical side of the track gave guys like Sexton and Roxon a much more fighting chance at kind of 
staying in with a chance to win. Yeah. Uh, my gripes with Daytona, I thought that was a more or less. It shifted over the course of the night, but for the most part, that was a that was a one line track. There was almost nowhere to pass on that track. So, I don't, nowhere without. I'm sorry, without forcing the pass. Right. Yeah, I, I think the only. I don't even think it changed. I think the the entire time it was a one-line track, and the only person that I saw that was able to force a pass was Webb. Yeah. Webb was the only... Everybody else, the only reason anybody was making passes is because the person in front of them made a mistake. Yeah, including the winner. And yeah. yeah actually, I think we pointed that out when Webb finally made that pass on uh, Barsha. Yep. Um, we were like Marsha like, and Plessinger. Yeah, it, it was like halfway through the first main, or maybe a quarter, a third, whatever. It was a decent way into the 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 main, the 450 main. Yeah, and I was like, wow, I'm pretty sure that's the first pass, like legit pass we've seen all night. Right. Um, it was it was difficult to pass. There wasn't a lot of passing opportunities. <clears throat> One line through pretty much the entire track, and I just thought that that made for some. I don't want to call it dull racing because by the end of the 450s, we were definitely on our feet, but that was because of the riders, not the not the track. The track didn't play into that very much. The whoops took out people in those first couple oh of heats like goodness. crazy. It was they fixed carnage. them, luckily. Carnage in the whoops. Carnage that was a in note. the whoops. That was a note that I had <laughs> written down from last night. Carnage in the whoops. And so we thought, you know, maybe just somebody screwed up the first heat, but then the second 250 heat, the exact same thing happened in yep. the exact same spot. And it was just, it was... It was crazy. So we actually saw them bulldozing those whoops down a little bit because they were they were nuts. And we, really, I think that was it. Like I, the rest of the night, they were fine. Yeah. So they were just they peaked a little bit too much. They were a little bit too too deep. I thought. Um, Let's talk about the start. That was the dumbest start. Whoever came up with that idea, I I don't even know what to say to them. Uh, the three hundred and sixty. You're fired. Yeah, that's what I would say to them. I I agree. I think 180s cool. I like that. I really like the 90 more like the 90 degree. Yeah, or wider, wide kind of a wider Some, 180. Something to. I mean, you have to funnel. Right. You have to funnel, but that's not a. That's. <laughs> that was. Dude, what putting, if somebody goes? What if somebody goes down before you get to that turn? And now, as you're coming around the 360, you're running over people because you're going like I just. Rider safety was was thrown out the window for that. Logic was thrown out the window for that. Um, you know, we kind of had the talk in the stream too. Where where's the gate pick there? And well, at least it, on the right or left hand, yeah, you can make the argument that the inside is usually better. But we've seen riders make the outside work. You don't make the outside work in a three sixty because you're going around the outside of that circle. Right. Um, <clears throat> so unless you make it to that first turn before everybody else, <clears throat> and then <clears throat> excuse me. And then go to the inside, um, I guess. But we didn't see that all night. Pretty much everything came from the inside yeah. uh, uh, um, last night. I, I agree. Dumb, dumb idea. Anderson did it from right in the center yeah. in the main. Um, so, I mean, it, the idea was exactly what you said. Like, you, it was a Ricky Bobby start. If you ain't first, you're last. <laughs> yeah. um, it, you you had to get to that turn first. Otherwise, you just got caught in the chaos of everybody going through that 360, and you got stuck for a little bit. And that, that happened to Eli. Luckily, he was able to kind of move through the the pack, you know, in the first couple of laps there. But um, 
Yeah, that was a dumb start. I, I mean, I maybe the idea was just that they had to extend the start somehow. Uh, maybe you know the way the track is laid out there, it's in that like it's it's much longer. Um, the space that they're, they're putting on the grass in Daytona, so you know it's it's there's not a lot of room there. So maybe they, they their thought process was extending the start by turning it. Yeah. Um, but when your first turn in the start is so short, like it was really you didn't get it. You did not get a lot of time to go from gate to turn. Yeah. Um, you're not really extending the start at all. It's it's the same length of a start that you would had you not done the 360. So, uh, just yeah, just don't know what the thought process there was. It's really dumb layout. Yeah. Um, it was it, it was contrary to the rest of the track. I mean, it was it was a really slow start because it's a 360. And by the way, it was a flat 360. There's yeah. absolutely nothing to turn off of. I would have rather you know right after that turn. They go straight into a long rhythm section. Yeah. I would have rather it just been a, a drag race whole shot. Just straight into a rhythm section that just goes the length of the track. I would have, I would have much rather seen that than what That would they have been had. pretty cool. Yeah. Especially since, you know, the long straight rhythms and lack thereof of rhythms um, is kind of what Daytona does really well. Just right. these crazy long straight sections, especially that last one. That I love that because it turns to just a drag race at the end of it. If you're neck and neck uh, on the final lap, it's just who's going to open the throttle more and yeah. just freaking send it over that last jump. Um, that was the other thing. There was uh, one, one or two too many singles that um, landed on flat ground. Yeah. Um, we saw a few guys try to just push it and kind of send it over those. And Anderson. You, yeah, you know their <laughs> knees are hurting this morning yeah. after that one. Um, it didn't offer them any any speed advantage. You know, sometimes you'll see it when a guy sends it. He just he gets so much distance on it that it just it actually puts him ahead or catches him up. I didn't think it offered anybody any significant advantages yesterday. No. Nope. Uh, the split S turn was cool. The split S turn was cool. Yep, some of the braking, uh, the braking bumps and outside f- being flat uh splits were pretty cool too well yeah that so that ended up being more or less the spot right like mistakes happen well that and the sand yeah the the sand and that that breaking turn where it was like half the turn was the breaking bump were the two big spots where you both gained and lost time or uh made a pass because somebody else screwed up right um and that's the two spots that eli made his passes so but there were other passes in those spots as well and i thought um, it was really fun to see which riders decided to hit the outside on that turn to keep their momentum over that dip. And then the riders that went around the inside, I mean, you were, you came into almost a dead stop when you went around the inside. So yeah, you saved time from going around the outside, but you didn't carry that momentum. So you kind of had to roll through that dip. Right. Luckily the dip was, gave you enough speed to kind of catch back up into the, the rhythm that came after that. So, um, I don't think it was too much to get cost too much time and all of the riders were going over the inside bump by the end of the race. So right. I don't know if the outside just deteriorated more by the end of the night. I don't know. The, the whoops weren't too bad. Um, I mean, they, once they, they cost them once they fix them. So what, what ended up happening was the two fifty heats went and then they brought the, uh, um, they brought a tractor out there to actually pack down the, um, it looked like they were only really focusing on like two or three of the whoops actually. Out well, of I think the they inter- they started showing it after they had already been start spent some time oh, okay. doing it. So, but I, at I, at the very least, they they packed down the the whoops, and it didn't seem like anybody really had problems with them after that. Once right. they once they packed them down, got them a little bit lower, um, and then they ended up breaking down like 
big time towards the end of the 450 main, there was like two lines through the whoops that were basically, it was just flat ruts straight through the middle of the whoops. And like you saw Tomac and Roxon coming through on the last couple of laps and they weren't even really coming off the ground. They were just going, it was just a straight straight shot. Yeah, they definitely, those whoops deteriorated a lot by the end of the night. Yeah. Um, but so I think that's okay because that didn't offer anyone any kind of significant advantages. You know, I think by the end of the night when we were watching Tomek and Roxon going at it for those last few laps, um, normally you see where one person might gain or lose a little bit of time in there. I thought they were just, they were both flying through and they, nobody, they didn't impact that part of the race at all, uh, which is fine for me. I'd rather the whoops have no impact than all the impact. Yeah. <laughs> so agreed. I think overall it was just a weird track. Yeah. I agree. And Daytona is always weird, but this one was this just was particularly really weird. weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, I didn't is... not enjoy it, though. I, I just think that, again, I'm, I really don't like when these tracks don't offer any kind of dynamic to the race. Yeah. You know, everybody just fell into the same. They're like, oh, this is the fastest line. You have to take this line or you lose time. Right. And then you're like, well, I'm faster than this guy, but there's nowhere to pass. Hope he messes up. <laughs> yeah. It was like a nascar track designer oh geez all right uh so the 250s you're right by the way uh 250s um we did get a surprise in the 250s too so it wasn't all just boring in the 250s with no passes although it was like zero passes yeah (laughs) basically um garrett marchbanks was untouchable last yeah he showed up like whole shot in the heats won it whole shot in the main took off Game over. See you guys next week. Yeah. Like it just awesome for him because he's he's kind of had this like a, a really tough back and forth start to his season. Uh, a guy that we heard people talking about like, hey, keep an eye out, keep an eye out, and he just hadn't really shown up. Uh, well, he showed up last night, and man, did he throw a wrench in things? Holy crap! Yeah, and it was it was basically Marchbanks and Sexton, and then everybody else. So what happened was on the first lap. Um, I can't remember who it was that went down, but somebody went down in the third place position. Yep. And um, was it Jordan Smith? Was that when Jordan Smith went down? Or he went yes, down? he went down really hard. That's yeah. right. And he didn't end up finishing the race. Yeah. It, so it was Jordan Smith. He went down and he it was in that one line in that part of the track and it held up absolutely everybody Everyone. else. And the only people who were able to get by were Sexton and Marchbanks. Everybody else just got caught in the traffic, and uh, and look, there wasn't a huge gap even after that though until the end. Like it was Marchbanks and Sexton gapping everybody, everybody else. else, right? And uh, sorry, you did say that, but it was just uh, it would be one of those races where if Marchbanks didn't show up, you'd be like, well, Sexton is really kind of putting McElrath on notice, yeah, um, which he kind of did. But Marchbanks was like, yeah, don't forget about me, right? <laughs> yeah, because Sexton didn't have an answer for March Banks at all. Nothing. And and it they ended up with a two second gap in between them and fourteen laps. It was yeah, because March Banks got the whole shot. Yeah. So it was fourteen laps worth of a difference of two to two and a half seconds the entire race. So here's the thing. I thought there were definitely moments in that race where a decent portion of the race where Sexton looked faster than March Banks and he did he caught him a few times and then would kind of fall back a little bit and it was like it was kind of bouncing between like that second and a half to four second and it would just kind of slinky and slingshot back and forth 
Um, that I think Sexton, had there been more passing opportunities, I think Sexton would have forced a pass. And if he got out front, I think you would have seen the, seen the same result the opposite way, where Marshbank stays with him because he had the speed, but you know just couldn't end up catching him. They ran about the same race at the end of the day. Yeah, um, they just Sexton had nowhere to pass. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm excited to see whether or not Marshbanks can do this do this on a, a more dynamic track. Um, and I well, we'll find that out next week because this is going to be a huge, huge confidence boost for him. I do. I'm I'm going to expect him to compete next week. Um, yeah, but it's also going to be a hugely different track for him next week. So right. I mean, can he can he adjust and adapt to what the track's going to be like next week? I I think he's on the podium. I want to see him on the podium mainly to see if he listens to us and shaves that mustache. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think he's close enough to make it a a three three person championship no. for because Hampshire is still there, um, but he absolutely is fast enough to. Um, yeah, he was he was he's not two. What's that? Nineteen nineteen points. points. Hampshire's eighteen. And then McElrath is 10. So, I mean, he's within striking distance, but he's he's got to do what he did last night a few more times. Um, I just don't know if it was if it was one shot, you know? Yeah. Um, Martin. Martin looked good. Martin was your fast qualifier. Um, I think this would have been a three-way race had Martin not got caught up in the traffic behind uh, Smith. And, uh, yeah, didn't Martin, Martin, what was Martin's fastest lap? Oh no. It was, so it wasn't quite up there with, with Sexton and, um, yeah, Sexton, Sexton had the, Sexton had the, had the fastest lap of the race. Um, so yeah, I don't, I, there's one thing that I can say for certain. Um, and that is had that traffic not happened, McElrath was not winning this race. No. Regardless of whether the traffic happened or not, McElrath was not competing in this race. No, he looked the least comfortable out on that track. Yep. Uh, Hampshire was okay. Wasn't his best night. Wasn't his worst night. So the thing with Hampshire is like the less – he's like Tomac if Tomac didn't have the extra gear. Hampshire needs a start. Yeah. If he doesn't start up front, he really struggles. Um, and, you know, he, the races where he hasn't been up front, he hasn't gotten the start. Um, McElrath did not look comfortable at, I think for me at any point, especially during the main last night, this is two weeks in a row too. Yeah. So that was my, one of my notes actually was that McElrath is falling back. Um, I know he's only 10 points back in the championship, but when I say falling back, like when the season started those for those two, this class, the first two races, it was like, wow, which one of these two is faster? And you could make a debate for both. I don't think at this point it's much of a debate anymore because the past few weeks he looks looked less than good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's he's <clears throat> definitely just – he's fallen off. I mean, he's uh, – no, with no, no crash on Jordan Smith last night um, – I don't Maybe see him. Maybe he finishes in front of Hampshire. I don't Maybe. think so. I don't think so. Right. I, I, don't. I, I think he finishes exactly where he finished with a with a heads up race against the four in front of him. I think he finishes exactly where he finished last night for sure. He yeah. 
And here's the thing. You got to remember, going into the race two weeks ago, he had a shared red number plate. Right. And so, which means over the course of the last two races, he's lost uh, 10 points. And really, without Marchbanks dropping his hammer or a track that had more passing lanes, it could have been, be been 13 points yeah. with Sexton getting the win. So, um, that's a that's a decent gap in a two week span. So he's yeah. he's got to figure something out. I don't know if his confidence is hurting right now. I don't know if he's maybe injured, sick, whatever. Um, he's got to get his head right if he wants to to stay competing in this because it, right now he's trending in the wrong direction. Yeah. Um, the last person I really want to talk about in the two fifties was uh, Jordan Smith, and uh, he he looked. Man, I'm trying to remember where he went down. Was it in the? Was it? Was he the one that went down really hard in the sand? I think so. I'm trying I think to so. Yeah, I know. I'm sorry. We should. We should. <laughs> we should have rewatched the races. But um, there was there was one crash, and I can't remember who it was that uh, who Mark was saying diggers in the sand really hurt. Uh, I think that was Smith, wasn't was it? Was that Smith? I think he might be right. I don't know. But Smith, anyway, Smith went down. Um, I thought he was actually going to compete as well. Um, I thought we were going to have two two green bikes in, in, on the podium. On the podium. Uh, but he went down. Um, I thought... He looked like he was... I do remember him walking off of the track. I can't remember where on the track he went down, but I remember seeing him walking off the track, and he did not look like he was feeling very well. So we'll we'll keep an eye that out. That poor see. guy, dude. He has yeah. had just zero every single race this season. It's like, oh, look, he's going to compete. He's going to – oh, there he goes. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I would have slotted him in as far as the results go. Um, you know, you had obviously Marchbank, Sexton, Martin, Hampshire, McElrath had um, had Smith – Stayed up. I slot him probably between Martin and Hampshire. Um, I, I would I agree. Think he, he pulls a fourth. He was not faster than Martin. Martin looked really good. Um, <clears throat> but he looks like he could have been in front of like Hampshire McElrath. So that's <clears> – <throat> he competes. I don't know if he makes a podium though. Uh, quick honorable mention to Pierce Brown, by the way. Yeah. Who went down, won, <clears throat> made it to the main in the last chance qualifier, yep. and then pulled in a solid sixth. I am more and more impressed with him every single week that I see him ride. And I said it to you last night and to the guys in the chat. I think moving forward, you are going to see Pierce Brown, Jet Lawrence battles on the regular. And I think it's going to be as exciting to watch as any two rider battle we've seen in a while. Because these two young guys are going to be absolute stars in this sport. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, there there are some there's some middle riders here like um between the you know the rest of the pe- we were talking about the changing of the guard last week yeah and i can't remember whether or not that actually it did made not it. make it that was uh, <laughs> changing the guard conversation was in one of the the recordings we lost so. gotcha so we were talking about like a changing of the guard and how we have some really yo- some really good young riders um coming up right now with with brown and uh, jet lawrence but there are some riders in between them that we can't ignore either. Uh, Sexton being one of them. Sexton is, he's still young. He's only a couple years older than those guys. Um, Marchbanks is another one. He's young as well. Um, yep. So 
the the future of this sport is looking bright. really really bright. Really bright, absolutely. Yeah, so, I mean, you got the guys who are competing right now. I'm not trying to downplay how good they are. Yeah. Right. Uh, in both East and West. Obviously, we have a, a solid 250 class right now that just bodes well for their future. But when you're talking about like, like, like rookies, like barely adult, if not not really even adult yet, rookies, yeah. <laughs> um, I think you're talking about two guys who look like they have the potential to be some of the better riders yeah. we've seen in decades. Right. Um, so I, I just I want to see them battling. But I also want to make sure that they take it easy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Pierce Brown went down last night. Obviously, Jet's been injured. Like, guys, take it easy. I get it. You can compete with these guys. I mean, you give it Pierce, the time. Pierce Brown finished behind. The only guys he finished behind are guys that we expected to that could have won last night. Yep. McElrath, Hampshire, Martin, Sexton, Marchbanks all could have won that race or on a reg, on any given week and win win those races. And that's who he finished behind. That's pretty solid for the for the kid. Agreed. Especially going through the LCQ. Agreed. I think that pretty much wraps up the 250s. That's the 250s, my friend. Let's take a quick break. Come back. Talk about the 450s. All right. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. They had me in the first half. Eli did not look comfortable for almost the entire night until like halfway through the main event, and he was like, "Oh, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of figured it out and turned it on, and like you saw, you you we. You could physically see the change in his riding from when he was just not comfortable. It, you said it. It looked like he was fighting the track for a while. Like he was just not in any kind of groove. And then suddenly it just clicked for him. Uh, part of it might have been linking up with Cooper Webb because we talk, when those two link up, man, it's just like. It's fireworks. It, yeah. They just suddenly it's just those two and everybody else doesn't matter. Now, last night, Webb fell off a little bit towards the end. I don't know if he his pain came back, if he was hurting, if he was tired. Or if just Eli and Ken were just that much faster last night. Right. Um, but when when he had that shark look, you know, we, in the outdoors they talk about here comes the shark. He doesn't get his he doesn't get his start, but here comes the shark, and he'll win a race from tenth right. outdoors regularly. He had that feel to him yesterday. Uh, when he just turned it on, I was like, wait a second, dude. I was like, Tomek looks like he's on the prowl right now. I yeah. think he can win this thing. And I mean, sure enough. Uh, he ended up running away with it. It just—he's so comfortable in Daytona. Uh, it fits his style, even with. The, I think maybe it was the sneaky technical side of the day, of the track that maybe took him a little bit extra to get used to. Once the track kind of broke down and some of those technical parts got a little bit easier to manage, he found his groove. And uh, I don't think anybody else was winning that race last night. As good as Ken also looked. Yeah, he. Uh... He had a lot of diff the first half of the race. It, it really was a tale of two races. Um, he was having a lot of difficulty with every rhythm section on the track. He oh. was regularly casing doubles, casing triples. Um, he was casing doubles onto tabletops. He was casing basically everything. Like at one point, he cased every jump on the track. Mm -hmm. um, and he was he was losing time. I, I wasn't sure. Um, he was behind Barsha and Plessinger at one point. And, and I was and Webb still. And yeah, uh, Webb made the Webb had already made the move on Plessinger and Barsha. So there was Tomac, Plessinger, Barsha, Webb. Uh, Tomac made the move on Plessinger before Webb made the move on Barsha. So it was Plessinger, okay. Tomac, Barsha, Webb. 
Uh, but I remember because I remember specifically like, yo, Tomac has to part, pass Barsha quick, or Webb's going to run away from him, right. and and he's not going to catch the front. And you're right, he was losing time at that. point. Yeah, and it didn't look like based on how he was riding at that point. I was like, I don't even think he's going to get past Plessinger. Like, never mind the other two. Um, and then he made the the whole thing turned around as soon as he made his way around Barsha. Yep. As soon as he made his way around Barsha, he, um, I don't know what changed. He was, the one thing that I did notice, um, and I, I didn't notice it before Barsha, but I, if I could go back and watch again, which I might, I might actually do after we're done with this, I remember saying to myself, um, Tomac's standing a lot more now. Um, so I don't know if that was the change. He was like, all of a sudden he was comfortable enough going around the track to, uh, because that's, that's Tomac's style. Right. Tomac does not like to sit down. Right. Um, so as soon as I know, I, correct me if I'm wrong in wherever you guys are watching this, but, um, as soon as I noticed that Tomac was standing more is, is, it was the moment when he started picking up the pace. I think that it was very likely the standing was not. It was like a result of the change in mentality. Yeah. Like something clicked. Maybe getting around Barsha and he kind of, and he said he took his time. He said in the post-race interview, you know, he kind of took his time a little bit <clears throat> at the beginning. He was definitely fighting it. Um, I think seeing Webb get around Barsha and seeing, you know, Webb was fast enough. Webb could have, you know, at that point, it looked like Webb could have caught Roxon. Um, I, I don't know if it was just one of those like, no, not again. I'm not letting this guy get away from me. I'm passing him this time. Kind of like just dig deep, go get it moments. Or if he figures something out, like, oh, wait a second. And maybe maybe it was. Maybe he's like, wait a second. If I stand up, I'm way more comfortable on this. Right. I thought the standing up might have been more of a, a symptom of his mentality change as opposed to maybe a cause of the speed. But, I, I mean, that could be wrong too. Yeah. Again, maybe oh, he tried standing up, realized it was more comfortable, and just took off. Who knows? Uh, only he does. I will say this. <clears throat> Tomac has now won three of the last four races. Yep. Last week was just as impressive to me than the other three wins. Pulling out that fourth, the way he started and the way that him and, and Webb kind of had to move through the pack. So, <clears throat> excuse me. He, to me, this is four weeks in a row with a red number plate. I don't know they shared it going into yesterday, but he has not yet lost. He needed that fourth last week to keep the red number plate, and he got it. So all of this talk about the pressure and you know Tomac doing Tomac things and caving and all of that stuff. I'm not saying he's completely overcome it because there's still a lot of season left. He has absolutely handled it this season infinitely better than I think we've seen him handle it ever in Supercross. He has four weeks in a row now had the red number plate, and yesterday his best track, a track that everybody knows he's a favorite on, would have been really easy um, for him to cave. And just hang out behind Barsha. He ends up in a fourth. You got Roxon, you know, got a decent lead now. And then Webb creeping up on it. He's in his own head. And there it goes. The championship slips away from him. Um, that didn't happen. He he gassed, he, put, he gassed it and he went and he went to the front and he stayed there. Um, I still maintain, and I've been saying this for a few weeks now, there's something different about Tomac's mentality this year that tells me he is in a better position now than he has been ever to win this thing. Well, first of all, you just said something right there where you combined championship and slip together, and it made me think that was really funny. 
if Tomac doesn't win this, we're totally printing champion slip. Champion slip. <laughs> Tomac wins the champion slip. Yeah. Um, yes. So. Oh, that's great. That's hang great. On. Let me write that down. And while you're writing that, we were all talking about it. Uh, uh, Doug and Sean and you and I were all saying it for the whole first half of the race. Man, here goes Tomac doing Tomac things. You saw me. I kind of sat back on the couch. I'm looking at it like, yes, I'm like you've got to be hurt. kidding me, dude. This is Daytona. What is what is going on right now? And I'm like, I know he's still got a chance, but he just didn't look good. I'm like. I guess here goes Ken, you know, doing Ken things and Rock uh, Tomac doing Tomac things, and then you just the switch and I kind of started to sit forward a little bit. I'm like, wait a second, he's not doing Tomac things right now. No. <laughs> wait a second. So I don't know. I, I it might still be a little bit early, but I I feel like his mentality is different this year. He's handling the pressure better. Four weeks in a row with the number plate, three of the last four races he's won. These are the kind of streaks we talked about that he goes on. I know I know Ken won last week. Which he needed to do as well. Yeah, um, and he's gonna need to do again next week. Yeah, yeah. In 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 Indianapolis. Um, yeah, we'll look around for that track as soon as that. As soon as we grab that, we'll see. We're gonna see who who it's gonna favor. Right. Um, but yeah, to this point, I'm impressed. He's he has handled the pressure better than uh, than he has in the past, but. Like you said, there's plenty of time for Tomac to Tomac all over this thing. <laughs> and to Ken Roxon's credit, so we're, we can get to Ken now. Um, Ken is not rolling over either. We said last week was a must win for Ken. Like as early in the season as it is, last week was a must win for Ken Roxon. Yep. Well, Ken Roxon went out and won, grabbed the uh, shared number plate. Uh, last night... Um, it would have been easy for him to fall back, maybe let Webb catch him. Like we saw a few weeks ago, remember when Webb ended up catching him and stealing the podium from him yeah. uh, in that race, like on the last turn. Um, it would have been easy for that to happen. Somebody is in Ken's head or his confidence is such that he knows he's not going to just let Tomac go. And he and he fought back. after, So he yeah, made he the did. mistake. Uh it was a tale of mistakes last night we talked yep. about. Uh, Tomac did pass Webb and Roxon both when they made mistakes. Tomac didn't make those mistakes. That was the difference in the race. But after the pass, Ken came back. Yep. He didn't really have anywhere to pass. We've talked about that. And he, you know, Tomac didn't make mistakes to give him the opportunity. But he stayed with him for yep. the entire rest of that race. He it was, was about within a striking half, distance. Yeah, it was about a half a second difference when they went over the uh the finish line. Yeah, by the end of it, it was it was a drag race. Yep. You know, um, and so that as much as I'm giving credit to Tomac for handling the pressure, uh, Ken is fighting back against the streak that Tomac is on. Yeah, uh, Ken is doing everything that he has to do, um, and as long as he keeps doing that, I know Tomac has the red number plate right now. Um, if there's there's two things that are going on right now, and that is Tomac is doing Tomac things, which is he streaks. He mm -hmm. absolutely streaks, but he does another thing in Supercross, and that is he ends streaks too. Um, as long as Roxon can stay consistent with these starts that he's getting and getting up front and um, and, and just you know setting sail, if Tomac gets a good enough start, there's really not much that Roxon can do about that. Rock, can, uh, Tomac's probably going to catch him, but just playing the numbers game at this point, if if Roxon continues getting these starts throughout the season, all he's got to do is bet on Tomac ending that streak at some point, yeah. and he's put himself in a really good position to win this championship. 
Yeah, I think that's what's most intriguing about it, right? Is is how many times, and we said it last night, this might be one of the most incredibly exciting uh, Supercross seasons we've seen in a long, long time to this point in the season. Because you have Tomac, who feels like he's finally taking that next step mentally, but you now also, normally when somebody kind of clicks during a season, you see them just run away with a championship, right? right? That, that's kind of how it usually happens. Um but Ken refuses to roll over. And really, honestly, Cooper Webb, too. Uh, he's We're talking about these two. Cooper is still in this, and he's only in this because he refuses to roll over. Yeah. Um, he's tenacious. T- absolutely tenacious. All the respect to him. But right now, it's between Tomac and Roxon, and Roxon is just not going to let Tomac just run away with this thing. Even though Tomac has won three of the last four, Roxon is still only three points back. He had a shared number plate going into yesterday. So that tells you how good and consistent Roxon has been that Tomac can win three of four and still only be three eight points ahead of Roxon. So the big thing, I think the most important part for Roxon moving forward, he's going to get his starts and he's going to finish up front probably on the podium. He's got to steal some wins from Tomac. Right. That's the big thing because if Tomac goes on a winning streak, if he's now three or four, if he wins the next three or four in a row, I don't care where Roxon finishes. It might be too late. I agree with you in that, but there, there's only one thing that Roxon has control over, and that is he's got to make sure that he stays consistent with his starts and stays out front. So there's going to be races this through through the rest of the season where Tomac is going to get a, just a good enough start that he can make his way through and catch up to Roxon and win. That's going to put Roxon in the second position unless he can stay in front of him. But... If Roxon can just continue to stay consistent on those and stay up front right from the start, there's also going to be a couple of races where Tomac doesn't get that good of a start and he's not going to make his way through the pack and he's going to get a 7th or 8th place finish. He's got one or two of those left in the season. I don't think Tomac finishes outside the top five anymore this season. I don't. Um, I, I can, it happened see, two I can years. see another. I can see another last week. Um, where he has that rough start and, and makes his way up and ends up somehow manages to pull out a fourth. Um, his worst days this season have been better than any of his worst days in the past. And yeah. I, I I don't see a seventh or eighth with his mentality right now, the way he's riding. If he gets his bat, typical bad buried in the pack starts, I still think he pulls out a fourth or a fifth, which is still good for Roxon if Roxon gets that win. That's a huge chunk of points that he makes up. Um, so I think you're right in that when that happens, Roxon has to take advantage yeah. of those. Um, but I, I know it's happened before. I just... If You're hoping fin- that it does Well, no. If Tomac finishes outside of the top five at this point in the season going forward, he is only shooting himself in the foot once but that's again. But that's what he's done, though. Right. And, but that is where my point is. I feel like there is a mental difference in Tomac this year. So I don't know that, that it's it's much of a sure shot as it used to be. Okay. Well, this, this is great, though. This like, is think great. About this. Yeah. It's like, all right. So basically what we have such a close race now. Um. That, you know, it's if if Tomac has one of those races, like two years ago when Anderson won the championship, uh, in the the second in like the last quarter of a season, like Tomac had like a seventh or eighth, and then he he crashed and he his pants kept falling down and he ended up finishing seventeenth. Um he he had these terrible, terrible races just in like the last few races of the season, and it lost the championship for him. So, 
this is so close where even if Tomac, even if they go Tomac one, Roxon two for the next couple of races and Tomac pulls out like a 12 point finish or a 12 point uh, lead lead and he starts slipping for that last quarter, then all of a sudden we've got a drag race to the, the finish, the finish here. So it, it, it would be... I, I could see know. that happening as well. Too. Not not necessarily, he does, not that he like completely poops all over himself again and falls, but like where he's just not as dominant as he had been. Like middle middle of the season is where he shines, right? Right. So you're right. Roxon stays close for these next few races. Maybe Tomac rattles off two or three more wins, but Roxon finishes second for all of those. You get a twelve point gap. But then for like the last four or so races of the season, Tomac's finishing third, fourth, second, third, and Roxon's winning those races. You're right. You got like a two point difference going into the last race of the season, right? Which would be amazing. The best thing I think this sport has ever seen. So there were more than two riders in this race by the end of it you would you would think that that was not the case but <laughs> yeah. no you're right so um cooper webb like we said when when tomac caught up to cooper webb there was fireworks cooper webb he he as soon as tomac gets up on the rear wheel of cooper webb this this week last week it is a it seems like a do or die situation like cooper webb has convinced himself that if eli tomac passes him He's going to die. <laughs> <laughs> he is right. The, the word you use is the best. Tenacious. He is absolutely tenacious, and he looked really good. And so I was completely wrong about Webb going into this week. I thought after that, like really gutsy injury-filled performance that he had last week, that was just mind-blowing how good he did. Finishing on the podium with those injuries after the start he had, I thought that was going to take a lot out of him, and he wasn't going to have as much time to heal. <clears throat> However. He looked fine. He sounded great last night. Um, so I was completely wrong about that. And, you know, he ended up finishing third, but it ended up being a distant third. So I'm wondering if it was a more distant third. I'm not, I'm not saying it right. was like a, a huge, huge gap. Um, it, ten, was, it was a 10-second gap. It was a 10-second gap. gap, but, I mean, he was only four seconds back from, from Roxon when Tomac made the pass on him. Yeah, so he fell off towards the end of the – like for the first – half of the race and then actually even when Tomac first started turning it on it was the two of them and we thought these guys are both going to catch Roxon and they're right. both going to pass Roxon we're going to have a drag race between those two that's what it looked like um once Webb made that mistake in the sand maybe jumping into the sand maybe he tweaked his back again a little bit maybe something happened there that just kind of slowed him down a little bit but once Tomac got past him you're right like it was like almost like he died a little bit inside yeah. <laughs> he couldn't keep Tomac <laughs> behind him uh, he just he didn't seem to have that extra gear that he had had up to that point, and Tomac continued with that, made the pass, and so that's where he finished. Still, all the respect in the world for him, and he's still technically in this thing too. Yeah, I, I that that crash that he had two weeks ago killed him. It yeah, because I mean, if he had finished third in that race, then we're talking he's got two eighteen. So he's right there, with and he's him. right there, and he's he's eight points back from the lead. So. That sucks. Then we would have we would have had a three a three way race here, right? But he is still good enough, and he's tenacious enough to where we keep talking. Ken and Tomac one two. Ken, you know, I'm sorry. Yeah, Rocks and Tomac one two. Rocks and Tomac one two. In some order, um, the healthier Web feels, he absolutely is probably going to not even just could uh, win another one or two of these yeah. races, or at least inject himself into second. Because 
that is the biggest X factor, right? If Tomac or Roxon are in first and the other is in third behind Webb and can't get around, around Webb because Webb is riding out of his mind, that's a huge point swing. You're talking about not three points, five point swings. Yep. Every time that happens, that is likely going to happen fairly consistently. Yep. Yeah. And just, I would just like to see it. Let's see Webb win a couple. <laughs> and let's see Tomac and Roxon both finish off of the podium. Just to make things interesting. Just to make things interesting. <laughs> Listen, I don't know how much more interesting you want this season to get, dude, yeah, but know. it's it's pretty solid so it far. It is. It is really <clears throat> solid. And we've still we've got uh you know, moving further down. Um hang on, let me go back over here. Uh Anderson ended up catching up to Cooper. Um there was a battle for third for like the last two laps. Um Anderson looked good last night. He looked um Better than he's looked all season. All season. I thought that was as good as Anderson has looked all season. Yeah. For sure. Um there was there was a point in the race where I think we we were talking about it. It's like Anderson looked like he had given up. And he was like, Why am I even here, man? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he found it. I mean, he 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 is a really strong finisher anyway. Yeah. Um, so it looked like he maybe just kind of took his he got past a little bit, he started dropping back, <clears throat> maybe took his time, kind of caught his breath, got his got his mind right, and then just really realized he could make a push for the podium and push really hard towards the end. And, you know, one more lap, he might have had it. The way that Cooper was kind of dropping back and he was coming on really strong. One more lap and he might have taken that podium. So, yeah, he did look as good as he's been all season. Yep. Uh, Barsha, I think, just got his feelings hurt over the week. (laughs) Um, He did not have a very good showing. Um, He, for somebody who he he just needed to show, he needed to show up for his... um, championship implications just to stay on the podium for the championship and that just didn't happen no um he fell uh, so here's our our intervals here we have tomac in first roxon was 0.7 seconds behind him yeah it was really close by the end then uh you had a drop off cooper ended up finishing 10 and a half seconds behind tomac and Anderson finished 11.2 seconds off of Tomac, so he was really, really close to to Webb. He was catching him, and then you had a drop off at fifth with Justin Barsha at 32 seconds. He just didn't show up, man. And and I just when Barsha needs it, he doesn't go get it. Right. That that's we talked about. Ken Roxon needed it last week, yep. and he got it. Tomac needed a win at Daytona, and he got it. Uh, Webb needs a podium. Webb needs a win, and he was tenacious, and he gets it. We're talking about Barsha setting himself up at the beginning of the season to be in this championship race, but he needed podiums and wins. We said that, like, what, last week, right? Like he he got the second. He needs more podiums. He needs a win, and then he shows up last night and dumps all over the track. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, to, uh, then we had behind Barsha, we had Aaron Plessinger and, and Plessinger for the better part of last night looked really good. Yeah. I uh, bet better than, than Barsha. I'm actually surprised Barsha was able to keep him behind him. Yeah. I, 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 dude, for most of last night, Plessinger looked like he could have ridden with the top three. Yeah. And he did actually for a little while. He did. So he ended up falling back, um, towards the end for sure, but he was riding, really well last night like it was it was definitely it was definitely impressive um and i think that's really the end of the honorable mentions let's go yeah. through i'll just name off the last the 
the rest of the, the top rest 10. of the top ten. We Dean Wilson finished in seventh, which actually is kind of an impression an impressive showing for him. Um, unfortunately, because he should really be up here, <laughs> right? Um, Malcolm Stewart um, finished in eighth. Justin Hill finished in ninth, and Justin Brayton finished in tenth. Um, also, DNF for Blake Baggett. Uh, he went down in the first lap, I yeah, think. Yeah, yeah, it was he, it was pretty quick. Yeah, and he um, it was like off the rhythm section, and uh, the camera was moving when he went down, and I just caught it like on the edge of the frame, and I could see the number four on the back of his jersey as he was flying off of his bike. <laughs> so oh, I was like, back yeah. it's down." Yep. Yeah. Um, poor dude, man. That's why he's such a. We, we talked the wild card, Blake Baggett. I know. Um, Doug had him as his wild card in fantasy, but that's wild card is the best way to describe Blake Baggett because, like, watch next week he podiums. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, like. Then um, I just want to look here because we had we had a showing last night. This man right here, this man Ryan sho- Sipes. Ryan Sipes showed up for Daytona last night. Uh, um, I don't know if anybody here has heard ryan sipes speak before um ryan sipes is an interesting individual (laughs) so ryan sipes likes to ride all different kinds of uh of uh disciplines so he'll race enduro um he'll race enduro cross he does supercross he does motocross he does it all and uh, I actually heard a podcast with him, and he talked about something really interesting, which was he wants to start his own series called Sipes Cross, where in order to be in order to be entered into Sipes Cross, you have to um, qualify for a certain number of different disciplines. So, so like enduro and yeah, um, you know, all different kinds of. All different kinds of riding. It's like a, like a meta series. Exactly. Yeah. So you'll take like, you know, wherever you finished in Supercross, wherever you finished in a motocross, wherever you finished in a West a West series race, wherever you finished in an Enduro cross race, and you put them all together and, and that's, that's like Sipes Cross. That's really cool. I'd watch. Yeah. I mean, I would watch you too. kind of already do, right? Like right. You watch, but I, I totally track that and like to see who's like competing in something like that that's really cool i love that idea yeah me too so it was cool to see sipes he he got a 16th place finish um and he is i'm looking at the point standings because I, I haven't seen him to this point and yeah. he he's only got 29 points he's got I mean, seven, seven seven points, points. So, 29 yeah so he's uh that was his first race for yeah. supercross that was cool to see him out there yeah yeah name you know they gave him a little highlight too which i thought was really yep. cool like hey welcome back buddy <laughs> <laughs> um let's talk about predictions let's go over our predictions from last week so we obviously we so we did our little game with the guys in the chat last night where we uh we wait to make further predictions until after the heats i think it's really interesting because you get a sense for how everybody's feeling how they're taking the track on before you make a like a final main event prediction yeah um oh i laid that out in the chat by the way for how how that game that we were playing yeah a couple of years ago Everybody was totally into it. All right, so we're gonna have to. We'll like. We'll, we'll maybe we'll put up on the website or something like an actual rule set for it, and just get everybody in on it and yeah. just start start playing because that's it's just cool because think about it. I changed my predictions after the heat in the in the for the game 
And I switched Roxanne and Tomac. I had Tomac winning. And then after the heats, I switched. And now I feel stupid because I bet against Tomac at Daytona. <laughs> Even though my original prediction was, you know, for Tomac to win. So that's how much the heats can affect your predictions. Like how much do you let them change what your initial thoughts are for the week? So uh, I think that's what makes it so much fun. Yeah. Um, my initial predictions were still pretty close. So I'm going to still go with those as far as the <laughs> podcast predictions go. Okay. Uh, so last week um, we both gave Hampshire a lot of credit. Yeah. We predicted Hampshire. Sexton and McElrath going into this week. So we got Sexton in second. Neither of us had any idea that Marshmanks was going to you know, right. show up like that. And uh, McElrath just wasn't going to. So um, Hampshire, again, he's start-based, man. It's just it's simple as that. He's start-based. The better he starts, the better he finishes. He's a very Roxon-esque in that sense. Um, for the 450s, we both nailed the top two, Tomac and Roxon, um, in that order. You had Hill in number three. He kind of didn't really show up. He didn't show up, nope. But it's okay because I had Barsha in number three who showed up a little bit more than Hill but still didn't really show up. We were (laughs) just talking about it. What's funny is you saw, you actually mentioned this. If you look at my initial predictions, I wrote down Webb and then crossed it out and put Barsha. And I was talking to myself about the injury and how we can't do that two weeks in a row. Had I just gone with my initial gut, I would have nailed the top three, like in order, which I don't think either of us have done yet this season. No. Definitely not. I was that close to it. That close. But I changed it to Barsha. <laughs> <laughs> I wrote down my predictions for next week. Uh, tell me what you got. We'll start with the 250s. Uh, I'm going to go Webb. 250s. Oh, 250s. Sorry. Yeah. Um, Something I don't know about Webb, right? He's dropping back down to the 250s. I mean, apparently his head's small enough that <laughs> being... <laughs> Easy Give transition. Him so much crap for the hat. And so finally, Doug was like, "Dude, get off!" Like, like no, Sean. Sean was, was like, "My friend, he's like, get off his case, man." <laughs> All right, fine. Still looks uh, stupid. <laughs> uh, so, two fifties. I'm gonna go Sexton number one. I'm still not off of the Hampshire bandwagon because I, I just, I, I like the way he rides. Um, you actually, when you said. Hampshire has the Roxon esque like start finish. He's actually a like if you were to take Roxon's need to start and um Tomac's just overall riding style and squish them together, you I think that you've got Hampshire. It's 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 pretty cool. So I'm gonna put Hampshire in number two. And I'm gonna put Martin at number three. Martin has looked better each week. I know he went down last week, but yeah, um, I don't think March Banks is going to have a, a second showing in a week. I think that that track just worked for him. And uh, I think McElrath is probably going to finish just barely inside the top five again. I agree with a lot of that analysis. I do disagree about March Banks. And it's funny because I was the one making that argument about like, you know, can he make the adjustment? Can he do it? But um, so I went Sexton number one. Like you, uh, right now, that's he's got to be the favorite going into every race. Yep, I don't think there's any doubt about that. Uh, I have March Banks at number two, um, but that's also because I forgot about Martin. So I'm not gonna change it. I wrote it down, <laughs> but like I forgot Jeremy Martin existed because I was. It was like it's either McElrath, Hampshire, or for me March Banks because I just we talk about how huge confidence is when you're younger. It's even more important. 
So for someone like Marchbanks to get his first win at Daytona, he's going to be riding high. I think he's going to push it a lot next week. I think he's going to show up. I, I do think he, he gets a, a second podium in a row next week. Fourth rider ever to get his first win at Daytona? Right. Like, dude, he is in some pretty elite company right now. Um, he's going to be riding that high, and I feel like maybe he pushes him too far. He rides on edge next week, but I think that excitement and that confidence really helps him. I'm gonna put, And he's look, he's not a slow rider. We've talked about right. how fast he's he's been in – over the course of the season, maybe he just found that extra gear. Um, so I have him in second. And then uh, I, I agree that McElrath hasn't given us any reason to be confident in him, but Hampshire has been struggling a little bit with his starts and he's been struggling to kind of move up to, through the pack. Um, McElrath does have the speed to make up for bad starts when he decides to do so. <laughs> <laughs> so I went with McElrath in third. So okay. we have completely different 250s this week, nice. unlike the past few weeks where we've just been like cookie cutter. Cookie cutter. Uh, I did go cookie a little bit more cookie cutter in the 450s, but okay. What so, do you got? I'm gonna go Webb number one. Okay. I'm gonna go Roxon number two. Okay. And Tomac number three. Tomac to keep the red number plate. But I don't think uh, wow I, that would make it like a one point. It'd be a one, one point race. difference, yeah. Um, Webb, I think one more week of him getting some uh, rest, some rest for his his back. Um, I don't. I'm not sure if his back was any any type of. Uh, he didn't mention it in the. I don't. I didn't hear him any it at all. Um, which was a little surprising. No, he. That's that's him. You'd never know. Like he no, could no, no. Be I'm, su- I'm surprised they didn't like ask him, like yeah. force him to answer because they did before the race. Right. Um. Didn't really say much afterwards. So. So, uh, I think it's only a matter of time until Webb rips out another win. Um. It, I just wouldn't be surprised if it was next this this upcoming week. So, uh, and then uh, I think Roxon is again his feet are to the fire he has got to finish in front of tomac mm-hmm. um and uh i just think tomac's due for a tomacking tomac's due for a tomacking so uh i totally agree about webb is going to win another race before the end of the season i don't think it's this week and so i have Roxon first for the exact reason that you said. He has to finish in front of Tomac. And he did it last week when he needed it. More than anything else, he needed that win. He got it. I think he's able to do it again this week. His starts have been ridiculously consistent. Like, he is far and away the most consistent starter I think I've ever seen in this yeah. sport. Like, it's unbelievable. He's always, always out front. Um, So I think he gets his start, and I think he just goes. Set sail. I have Tomac number two because I am really, really starting to have faith that Tomac has found his um, juju, (laughs) for lack of a better word. Like he's found whatever it is he needs to be able to handle the pressure of not just the red number plate, but on a week-to-week basis. The benefit – so Roxon has basically said, you're not running away with this several times. I think that – has helped Tomac too, though. I think having somebody just on a weekly basis say, I'm taking that plate from you, has pushed Tomac 
to be as ridiculously consistent as he has been. So I think Roxon shows up because he has to, but I think Tomac finishes right behind him because he has to. Yeah. Um, and I put Webb in third because he's just gotten, you know, he's Webb right now. He's the third best rider on the track, and he's probably going to finish third. Uh, I do again. I do think he wins one. Just not. I just don't have it. Feel it next week. I think Tomac and Roxon are just go like they're blow for blow, like Rocky style fights where there no there's no defense. It's just I punch you, you punch me. They are just absolutely trading blows right now, and I think those trading blows are just making them far and away faster than everybody else on the track. Fair. So you're you're saying another shared number plate coming out of Indianapolis? I am. How amazing would that be? That would be amazing. Now, look, I'm going to be rooting for Tomac to get the win because that's what I do, and I think a six-point lead is a little bit more breathing room for him. But uh, if I were to predict it right now, I feel like we got another shared number plate coming out of next week, which would be unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yep. Man. um, So... I mean, we'll we'll talk more about whether or not we're going to do some more couch cross. Uh, I don't think it's going to work out for this weekend. No, um, but we will keep you guys posted on on when we're going to do do that again. We are going to do it again. Yes, it's very likely won't be this weekend. Um, other than that, what else we got going on? Um, be a juggy, be a juggy. Doug, thanks for naming the juggies once again. Uh, we got some new juggies, guys. In all seriousness, no. For you and us, uh, there are some benefits. You get content, like a, a great community, community that we're starting to yep. build. I, we, I had so much fun last night just talking to these guys. It was Again, it was like they were right there in the living room watching the races and, and talking to us. That's the kind of stuff that we're going to be building in Jug Club. Um, but it also helps us. It helps this podcast. It helps us uh, avoid technical issues. It helps us improve. It helps us create more content all of that stuff. So um, if you're at all a fan of this of this podcast, at least check it out. You get a seven-day free trial right now for Jug Club. Um, see if you know it's something you want to continue to do for support. And, uh, yeah, so Jug Club, jump on the website. Do do that. <laughs> do that. Let us know how we're doing. You know, hit us up on Facebook. Hit us up on the website. There's a, there's a chat function on the website. Um, and, you know, keep doing what you guys do because I'm going to keep doing what I do. Juggies unite. Juggies unite. Guy, uh, I think that's about it, right? That's all I got for this week. That's all I got, man. Awesome races. Daytona didn't really disappoint. It, not fully. Not fully. It was. I, mean, I guess my expectations were probably also, like, ridiculously high, too, for that race. Yeah. But, uh, look, I got a Tomac win, and I got some freaking fast-ass racing and some awesome track shots. Yep. Um Really can't ask for more from a Tomac fan anyway. Sorry right. if you guys were rooting for literally anybody else, <laughs> which a lot of people were. So, um, no, that's all I got, man. I, I think we're going to talk to you guys next week. Yep. All right. Have a good one. Peace.